0: The perfect mix of music, news, and interviews.
2: Joy (laughs) 94.9.
3: Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome into The Locker Room on Joy 94.9. Thanks for Glenn uh, on riding solo tonight on the Royal Daltons. And of course, to, thanks to Gazarooney on the Joy News Desk. Gazarama, Gazarooney? Oh, he's got thumbs up for Gazarooney. That's what it is from now on. Of course, The Locker Room, and it is your show about sport and our community. And uh, joined tonight by my co-host... Well, actually, I should be the co-host and you're the host. Is that how... Oh, you're the commander and I'm the captain. Is that how it, how it works?
4: I captain my captain.
3: Yeah, that's... Did you know that about the space shuttle? They um, purposely don't have a co-pilot on the space shuttles due to the ego, so that's why they have a commander and a captain.
4: Is that right? Mm.
3: Yeah, big story on NASA, yeah, because it was a thing where, um, you know, guys sort of jumped up and down about having all this training and then they said, oh, well, you can be the co-pilot on the first mission to the moon. But
4: Maybe that's what fractured sporting partnerships need, like, you know... Shane Watson can be the commander and Michael Clark can be the captain. They yeah, well, can all feel it. like they get something.
3: Yeah, I like that. Commander. Mm. All right. So what have we got on to? Oh, we're not going to t- – are, we, are going to talk James Heard tonight or we're not going to talk James Heard? Well, I don't know. Why don't we ask our listeners? All right. So text us in on 0427JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au and let us know if you want to talk Essendon and James Heard. I'm going to vote no at the moment, even though I'm a Bombers fan. But if we get uh, a couple of messages to say, then uh, Smithy's going to open his gob and um, let us know what he thinks.
4: I've been missing a chance to talk about footy, actually.
3: I have you? Yeah. All right. Well, what's on tonight then?
4: Well, we're going to talk a little bit about rugby because uh, the Bingham Cup, which um, some of our listeners might know is the World Cup of Gay Rugby. It's what you win if you win the World Cup of Gay Rugby. That's been handed over. It's been handed over to the... Australian Rugby Union, who are going to hold it because it's the only World Cup of any description that Australian Rugby holds.
3: Rugby Union, of course, because they have just become the League World Cup.
4: That's right. Well, I did say Rugby Union. Oh, there you go. What else? Um, Look, I've never seen a happy jogger, but um, if you are interested in running, we're going to have someone from the front runners on.
3: Now I dispute. I am a happy jogger. I did city to sea, fifteen k's, just over five minute minutes. I'd actually like to hear from people out there what your favourite fun run in Melbourne is. So that's again oh four two seven joy nine four nine.
4: Or if you think fun run is just a contradiction in terms,
3: what, what? I'm going to take you to the the colour run down at uh, Flemington uh, next year. You'll love it. Uh, and finally, who else have we got on? Um, we're going to have a guy called Matt Gowas. He's the founder of an
4: organisation called Footies for All, and that's why Gary Wilson was talking about free balling. Because they hand out free balls. Oh, wow. Yeah, they hand out free uh, footies and soccer balls and netballs to kids from disadvantaged backgrounds. So we want to talk about their organisation and how they get people involved. And we might talk a bit about uh, about Tom Daly.
3: I know this. <laughs> we I don't have know. To talk. We have Has to talk. anyone heard of this guy? We have to talk about. Uh, yeah, there's a great picture of him on uh, online, and not you know I was searching too much, but he's wearing his speedos, and it's got British Gas written across his ass because that's his um, his major sponsor. So really? I always find that kind of ironic.
4: I find that kind of juvenile. Uh,
3: one thing on the the free balling, um, it was kind of interesting when I when I was um, backpacking through Africa. I tell you one thing: rather than um, one of the best things I found was just buying balls and giving them away soccer balls rugby balls it's great to see the look on kids faces every
4: kid's happy to get a soccer ball exactly right all right we're getting the wind up
3: from our producer so i think it's time to do your roundup roly all right bring it on For those Ashes supporters that spend most of their time on the couch, you'll, you will no longer be able to get Ashes Cricket 2013. The game's developers rushed the game out, but the problem is it's full of bugs and uh, irate fans have sledged it, being buggy, total crap and absolute trash. The errors have players running around bizarrely, falling over, and there's a great one when you get to Level 2 where they face plant into the pitch. A few YouTube clips uh, currently show confused fieldsmen bel- uh, belatedly reacting to the ball's gravity defying motion. So I watched it today and the ball rolls out towards the four and then it jumps up in the air and goes back towards the pitch. And, the, uh, and of course the fieldsman looks over his head. So great game, but uh, they've pulled it off the market, so it's a bit of a. Doesn't players ready.
4: running around like madmen actually just describe Australia's 2013 cricket tour to
3: England? Oh, well, they actually, at one point, they poke each other in the eyes. Oh, no, but that's what they're Do, do they, they go to Birmingham it. nightclubs as part <laughs> of it? Like,
4: I don't, I'm not sure those things are bugs,
3: but anyway, <laughs> uh, they tried to make it pretty realistic. Uh, rugby. Wales centre Scott Williams has likened defending Quade Cooper to chasing shadows around the after the Wallabies playmaker wreaked havoc at Millennium Stadium on Saturday night. So Quade was uh, he was a bit uh, you know he got a lot of rap, didn't he? But um, he's becoming the man of the moment for the well, Wallabies. You're a Kiwi. Have you stopped booing him yet? Uh, no, I continue to boo him even though I'm at home. Yeah, I mean, do you feel that still
4: national sense of betrayal that he's got the gold jersey rather than the black jersey on, or he just you'd rather he just didn't play rugby at all?
3: Well, look, no, I actually get it wrong. Because he plays for Queensland, he's all right. I'm a big Queenslander supporter, so as long as he doesn't uh, go and play for the Blues, uh, the Waratahs, I should say, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, AFL, Hawthorne, jumping on some flights to Jo'burg. Uh, seems like the big thing at the moment, or continues to be big, is altitude training. So, uh, of course, Malthouse has taken Carlton over to the States. Uh, I suppose one of the things, though, you know, they've pretty much come out and said it. Oh, Chris Fagan, who's the footy boss, has said, you know, they'll be on their best behaviour. They'll only be allowed one day for uh, taking photos uh, around Cape Town. So um, I don't know, Smithy, What happened to just going up to the Gold Coast and cruising around surface paradise?
4: Well, Port Adelaide have gone to Dubai because they've said that's what they can afford. Oh, look. <laughs> Dubai. I, I, th- I think there's, I think there's sense to it. What, Dubai or high altitude training? High altitude training? training. I mean, most sports scientists will tell you that's better. It certainly beat some of the other high performance strategies that clubs like Essendon have followed. So mm, I don't I, know. I'd have to say it, it's just part and parcel of the game now. They're going to send these teams overseas to do altitude training this time of year.
3: Sounds like more trouble than it's worth to me. But anyway, soccer. The president of the Nigerian Football Federation has insisted his email account has been hacked amid claims he has been asking for money. And a statement made through the Federation, Amnu Magari, says he realised just today that his emails had been compromised and hackers had sent messages to key soccer contacts asking for cash. The NFF boss who travels to Brazil tonight ahead of Friday's 2014 World Cup draw, and of course our soccer commentator Aaron is currently winging his way over there. Is that right, Smithy? That's
4: right. Um, Just specifically to fill locker room listeners on what's happening too. Mm. We we, we spend no expense here in the locker room. We will send a correspondent to Brazil. We'll
3: be cutting across there live. Um, It would have to be the Nigerian...
4: Well, he said
3: he believes his email asking for cash to help him with a project. His working was a handiwork of fraudsters, and it's been going on for a while, and he's only (laughs) just realised it. It's it's as old as email itself. (laughs) Well, there you go. That catches you up on the roundup for this week. You're on the locker room on Joy at 94.9.
5: Joy 94.9.
3: You're in the locker room, and it's Smithy. We just had a uh, email in from a listener, and I thought I would uh, fill you in on this one. It was actually from uh, Canada, Calgary. Um, and they've just had a look, and uh, the Calgary Hitman's... Hitman. Hitman? Uh, an ice hockey team have done themselves very proud by... or by, uh, well the, the fans have done themselves very proud by tossing a massive 25,921 toys onto the ice rink in the weekend that's just occurred. The, the teddy bear toss... Uh, according to what's been emailed to us, it is in its 19th year and it is a tradition in which has uh, uh hugely popular with the town and the supporters. And basically they throw these 26,000 teddy bears out onto the ice rink, takes them 40 minutes to clear up, but they all go to charity. So you buy a toy, it's always done for the first game of the season, everybody throws the toy out, uh, and then they go and split them up between the Alberta Children's Hospital charity and the Red Cross. It so it's like here, have this sock soaking wet...
4: Pre-loved <laughs> teddy bear. Oh, um, I don't know. Hey, you. I don't so know. here we go. We've if, got if you want to help a charity, if you want to help a charity, give uh, oh. them give them money. We got give this them key. money and let them spend it. Like charities spend more time dealing with all the crap people give them.
3: I actually I had to laugh though. Um, me and my partner Simon went to the Salvation Army and the crap that they're chucking yeah. out. Not that I should. Yeah. Um, the crap that you know, old bras people give and, them crap. yeah, you no know, dirty underpants and and rotten old seat covers yeah. and things like you that. You want to
4: help out a charity? Give them your money. Yeah. You get a tax deduction.
3: Oh, well, that's it right? Uh, Smithy,
4: who's on the phone? Uh, this guy called Andrew Fuzz-Purchase, he's the founder of the Sydney Convicts. He's been on the show before. Um, he's the head of the committee which is organising the Bingham Cup next year. That's the World Cup of Gay Rugby. and uh, We've got him on the line because, as we said earlier, the, the guys from the Sydney Convicts has presented the ARU with their trophy because it's the only trophy that apparently Australia holds in World Rugby. So, Fuzz, welcome into the locker room.
3: Oh, thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Well, you've even got Some the, applause uh, there too. the applause for you, Fuzz. Um, oh, thank you. So, uh, run us through. What happened today?
2: Yeah, so um, the Sydney convicts, who are the holders of the BM Cup, which is the Gay Rugby World Cup, um, we are hosting the BM Cup in Sydney next year. Um, And um, the ARU invited us, the Sydney convicts, to present to them the BM Cup so they could put it in their trophy cabinet because all of the major international uh, rugby tournament trophies are all held by New Zealand carolers. So their trophy cabinet is looking very bare indeed, and uh, we had a one-year-out launch event at New South Wales Parliament House for the BM Cup, which is next August, and the CEO of the ARU, Bill Pulver, um, was at the event, and he thought it would be a fantastic idea uh, for them to be able to show off the BM Cup and show their support for gay rugby um, by having the Cup uh, in their in their in their
4: foyer. So it, it must be quite uh, an honour to be seen as the standard bearer of Australian rugby success. Although the Wallabies have been okay in the last few weeks, it should be said. But did you ever think it would get this big?
2: No, I had absolutely no idea. I started the Sydney Convicts back in two thousand and. Three and the thought that the you know the one one would we'd, we'd be known by any of the Wallabies, let alone be standing in the foyer of the ARU talking with David Pocock and Ewan and McKenzie and the CEO of the ARU, um, Bill Pulver, and presenting him the cup and then him talking about it and actually talking about the enthusiasm that he has for go rugby that he has for the Sydney convicts and he has for basically uh, somewhere between twenty and sixty teams that will come out to Sydney next year to compete in the tournament. So I think it's. It's a fantastic turnaround, and it actually speaks volumes about the game of rugby and its administration at the moment. And let's hope, let's hope that the uh, you know our national team will continue to perform they, they have, the way they have the last three weeks
3: fuz it sounds like uh, you're hiding out in the kitchen while you're talking to us have they got am, you washing the dishes or something
2: i am literally in the kitchen of a pub of
3: the uh, and you haven't paid your bills or something I they got they got you washing milk. the dishes
2: i am chopping up the chorizo
3: <laughs> <laughs> singing for your life <laughs> hey um, we have to uh, be in a melbourne show we can't talk sydney too much so um, can the Kiwis get that trophy into their cabinet? Have we got a New Zealand side? What have we got there north is. of the border? What have we is. got south of the border? There
2: is actually. We've got, well there's a Kiwi team at the start in Auckland called the uh, Auckland Falcons. There is a um, uh, there's a very strong team down in Melbourne called the Melbourne Chargers. Go the Chargers. And there is a team in Brisbane
3: called the Brisbane Hustlers. They were uh, looking pretty dangerous at the uh, at the purchase cup, weren't they? They were. The Hustlers. They were they were you must have been getting a bit worried.
2: Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, I, look, I mean, my, my view on that is that it's, uh, the you know, gay rugby in Australia has come so far. I think it's great to see actually a competition elevator where you know where the convicts are being challenged. So let the best team win. That's the nice All
3: right. And uh, in th- in sixty seconds, what are we? When's the uh, cup being held? And uh, how can people start getting involved? Whether or not yeah, they're in sure. Melbourne or Sydney.
2: Yeah, or Brisbane, or anywhere else. People listening to you, it's going to be at the end of August next year. Go onto to our website, www.bincup.com. you get all the information. We'll have a whole week worth of partying. It's going to be a destination event. Things will start on the 24th of August. The games will finish up on the uh, 31st of August. There'll be a huge party that night. Everyone will be welcome. The whole city will be welcoming Big and Queen Cup attendees, supporters, players and officials. Uh, if you're not in Sydney next, the end of next August, then you've missed an enormous event and we we'll want to see you here.
4: Sounds too good to miss. Fuzz, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We wish you well over the summer. We hope the convicts uh, stay fit and active and stay at the top of world rugby if that's what they want. So uh, thanks for your time tonight on The Locker Room.
2: Great, and thank you guys for your interest. Take care.
4: And that was Andrew Fuzz-Purchase. You're on The Locker Room on Joy 94.9.
3: We're rocking hard. A little less straight than other radio stations. Joy 94.9. In the locker room, Smithy, uh, message from Bo and Paran. I just checked your phone and you don't have a Bo in there, so uh, it's not one of your close friends. And he says, I want to play rugby with the locker room boys. I hear they handle their balls. Wow. Sounds like he's talking about you, Smithy.
4: Anything that gets people involved in sport, I'm
3: happy with. Mm. Interesting, coming out as well with the World Cup draw, they've also uh, released the Brazooka. If I said come and play with my Brazuca," what would you say? Is it like a Vuvuzela? Is it the Vuvuzela for the 2014 World Cup? No, it is a specially designed soccer ball uh, for the Brazil, and what makes it special is it's made of six equal sides. So you know the usual soccer ball I think is made of hexagon No, pentagons? No, I don't know what shape. There's lots of little shapes usually on the side, but they've come up with the, the brazooga. Uh, it's causing a lot of controversy and over there. And is this
4: the official ball?
3: Yeah, of the so the World it's, it's, Adidas is the official sports sponsor, and you know what they're like. I remember um, they tried to put the three white stripes on the All Blacks jersey, but... Uh, that got chucked out. And of course, um, Eddie Desk likes to um, make sure their brand's well known on the products they sponsor. I
4: think balls have been controversial in the World Cup in the past. There's been allegations that the balls have not curved enough. Oh, the soccer balls? Yeah. Oh, because they've been made by sponsors. Ah. Um, if you've got a thought about balls... <laughs> Um send us a text on O four two seven Joy 949 or email us at on air at joy.org.u. What do you think about balls?
3: Let balls. us know. Round balls, uh skinny balls, uh or whether you just enjoy what's that? Sheridan? Is it Sharon? Sharon? Sharon. Sheridan is, you know, sheets. <laughs> Somebody up home and away. Um look. Fun runs. You're not a fan, though, are you? No, I think it's a contradiction in terms, but I'm happy to be convinced. Well, I'm telling you, I should take you. A friend of ours uh, went to the colour run. There was 22,500 people went to Flemington, and they had half a dozen people there squirting paint on you. And then you ran around the Flemington race course, and then they had a techno DJ at the end. Well, that sounds like fun. That sounds amazing, doesn't yeah, I, I'd, I'd it? Be and there. you get a poncho at the end uh, so you don't uh, put paint all over the train seats. There you go. I know. There you fun go.
4: and practical.
3: Uh, so uh, if you missed the paint run, the next one or fun run that's coming up on 22nd of February is the neon run. So this is 5Ks around Albert Park. Maybe I could drag you along to this. So you, you dress up in your white T-shirt, your glow sticks. Uh, and then again they have a couple of DJs on, on, on around the track. What about that one? There's a bit of a recurring theme here. Loud music, yeah, bright think, lights, DJs. Um, well, yeah. There's other ways to enjoy that. Actually my fun cuz I did, I have to say again I did do city to sea. Um was run for the kids. Is that's the one that you run through the Burnley tunnel and the uh Bolty bridge. Oh, that sounds like fun too. And of course then you've got all the the usual marathons. Uh but on the line, uh, we've got someone to encourage us to get out this summer, and of course, with summer being upon us, it's time to get out and do some running. And uh, with myself doing the recent city to sea, uh, I've caught a bit of the bug. And I thought, well, why don't we get uh, Linda Madams on the phone, the vice president of uh, the Melbourne Front Runners, which are the GPTLIQ uh, group uh, that encourage us to get out there. Linda, welcome into the locker room. G'day. Uh, Linda. Tell us, tell us a little bit more. About the front runners.
5: Oh, front runners is a um, gay lesbian um, group of people who uh, enjoy running um, and put a little bit of fun into the run, as they say. Um, we meet every Saturday at eight thirty at the um, just by the um, opposite the shrine up at the Tan. Um, a mixture of people in terms of uh, fitness levels. Um, most of us uh, enjoy a gentle jog, um, some enjoy a quite a fast run and others um, take a leisurely approach and go for a stroll around there and afterwards we all uh, meet up again and go for a, a coffee. I think it's more about the coffee than the actual run
3: itself. Smithy's face is just lit up. His favourite is banana and strawberry muffins. Have you... Did, I think if you could guarantee... It kind of undoes
4: the health effect of the run, though, doesn't you it? You
3: could guarantee something after that. You do enjoy the tan, though, don't you?
4: Look, I enjoy I enjoy looking at the people who run around the tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: I think that's what a number of people turn up for. <laughs>
4: well, you know, anything to get people there.
5: Inspired and, and motivated.
4: You use that term fun run, and I'm now on record a few times saying that I thought that's a contradiction in terms. But what would be your pitch for like why people should get involved in this, and why is it fun?
5: Uh, I think it, I guess there's that whole thing about um, it releases some sort of hormone or, or, or serotonin or feel-good um, buzz afterwards. Uh, I, I, not only that, I guess it's, it's good for the health, Obviously, um, I'm not sure we've meant to be uh, sedentary people for too long. Um, so, yeah, I guess not only for the fitness and health side of it, but also for the uh, getting out and enjoying each other's company, um, making new friends. Um, yeah, I guess it's just a good starting base, as the club is anyway, to uh, get along and, and, and give it a go. A lot of people just come along and give it a go and, and they tend to stay around for a lot longer than we expect, which is great.
3: Linda you've hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, sports uh, clubs in our community I mean bringing people together Uh, and of course you know the social aspect of it and then the fitness side Um, look I suppose we'll start off with the inexperienced people I mean I'm just trying to think you know you put one leg in front of the other but I suppose there are inexperienced runners you know people who I suppose don't run I mean what is the pace and um, can someone come along who has been quite sedentary for a while
5: Oh, absolutely. I think, and, that, and that's the best thing about it. We encourage everybody um, to give it a go. And you really don't have to be a runner um, to to come around and, and, and join us as a group. We have, you know, at least four or five people um, walking. Um, a lot of people bring their dogs, and um, those who want to run. Gays you
4: know, and dogs, like of them. course.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hand over the dogs to the walkers. And um, so, you know, everyone's included. So it's. it's yeah, you don't, like I say, you don't have to be um, wanting to do great leaps in terms of marathons or half marathons. Um, we d- definitely encourage any, you know, distances. So um, we usually do one or two laps. Um, the walkers do one. So, yeah, it's just, if you want to give it a go, it's it's for anyone basically at the end of the day.
4: But for, for the hardcore types who want to do marathons or half marathons and like that particular form of torture, Uh, Do you you accommodate those people?
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, some people tend to get there a little bit earlier and do a couple of laps and then um, tend to do another lap with with the group. Um, We also actually on Saturday, we're trying to make it a regular uh, um, thing, is that we had a personal trainer come along and give us a few hints about how we can train better in terms of running. Um, So, you know, for a lot of people not sure how to start off Um, like I say we're going to start including uh, a few more of those sessions so it's quite good yeah.
3: So what's uh, the usual crowd and and what days do you uh, do this run?
5: Usual crowd um, yeah anywhere from 15 to up to about 30 at times Geez you'd be struggling
3: to pass you guys on the TAM wouldn't you? What are you just sort of you'd be a full crew going around there (laughs)
5: We're definitely a full crew um so yeah and sort of a mixture we would like to encourage uh, a lot more um female participants um i'm not quite sure why we don't have as, as many you know, women as we do men um but um hopefully it'll be a big focus of ours um coming next year just to sort of get ourselves out there and, and start promoting um the club more um but i guess Yeah, that's like a social aspect of running. Um, People do sort of catch up during the week and do extra longer runs if they are training for the marathon or half marathon. So it it, it caters for all, really. So we meet on Saturday at the 10 and on Sunday, um, for those who want to sort of uh, do a longer run, uh, there's the 8.30 crowd that meet um, just opposite the swimming pool.
4: And is there a place where people can go to find out a little bit more about your club and what kind of stuff they can get involved with?
5: Oh definitely, we're, we're online, um, WW Melbourne frontrunners um, and all the details are there about when we meet, what time we meet and um, how to get uh, get hold of us.
3: Linda before yeah. I let you go, uh, give us your top two fun runs and your top one big run.
5: Top two fun runs would have to be definitely be the uh, city to see mm-hmm. and um, run for the kids.
3: Run for the kit. Now that's the one through the Burnley tunnels. Yeah, that's
5: the one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I like we that one. we have we <laughs> and uh the Great Ocean Road marathon.
3: There you go. We've just Great got our producer. That Look sounds pretty s- intense. Smiling. Uh Great Ocean Road's <laughs> quite hardcore. What do you start about six thirty in the morning or something and you head yeah, out? Yeah, about
5: six thirty we head out and then start the run at seven thirty. Yeah. I did my first uh Great Ocean Road marathon last year. Well, yeah.
3: if you're looking to uh, do your New Year's resolution next year and achieve something in 2014, why not uh, pick your run and then start training with the front runners? And, of course, Linda, they can get in contact with yourself. Um, thanks so much for joining us in the locker room oh, yeah. tonight. You're on joy. Thanks, guys. No problems. You're in Joy 94.9. Hey guys, this is
5: Natalie Bassingthwaite, and you're listening to Joy 94.9.
3: Smithy, I just did a live read, didn't I? No one one buys a live read
0: quite like you do.
3: (laughs) It's not Shebeen, is it? (laughs) Shebeen. Shebeen. That's all right. I'm Um, not cool enough, am I? No, you're really not. All right. Someone's arrived in the studio with um, lots of presents for us. Lots of balls. I know. It's fantastic. This is pretty
4: exciting. Um, We're joined here in the studio by Michael Gallus. Michael, welcome to the locker room.
1: No worries. Thanks for having me, Michael. Great to be here and uh, good evening, listeners. Yeah, and just just so our listeners know
4: why you're here, uh, Michael's the founding director of an organisation called Footies for All and it's distributed over 5,000 new balls across Australia and around the world over the last 18 months. And the balls are for children from um, disadvantaged backgrounds or or from remote Indigenous communities and he's here to talk to us about what he does. So, Michael, what led you to set up Footies for All?
1: I've just been an educator. I'm a primary school teacher at Penley and Grammar School and I've got three of my own young children and have had, had lots of opportunities through sport through my own life and I've seen the positive pathways that can create. And there's, based on the Smith's Family Report, 800,000 children in Australia that are underprivileged and disadvantaged. And we'd like to give those kids the opportunities that uh, all kids are uh, getting throughout uh, Australia and around the world in relation to sport, which builds their resilience, it
3: builds confidence, it builds teamwork, and it puts them onto a positive pathway in life. So I suppose um, you've mentioned some of the things there, but... I mean, what, what is so, I suppose for yourself, it's so exciting, what is so great for uh, getting kids involved in sport? What, what, what are the main benefits that they're getting out of it? Oh, just to see their smiles, to see their
1: interaction. It develops their fitness. It develops their... We're linked with uh, Origin Youth through Pat McGorry, the 2010 Australian of the Year, and the work that he does in mental health. And we deliver balls to him to support the programs that he does throughout Australia and around the world and to see children to be able to be engaged, to work with each other, to be integrated within a community and there's no better example than Dr. Nathan Grills from the Nossal Institute of Global World Health that took balls across to India. He works with 16 different special needs organizations. And in India if you're in you're a special needs child, you're basically treated as a, an outcast and you live in a hut away from the community. And he went over there recently and took some tennis balls and cricket bats and you know the Indians are mad about cricket. And these kids, they were just basically left to fend for themselves. And because they had balls and they had bats and they had soccer balls, the kids in the village were able to see they weren't cursed. And they came and they interacted. And he said it was the most powerful thing that he's ever seen, that these kids that are treated as lepers and outcasts were actually being approached by the kids and the parents and the community and integrated back into society. And that was through the simple fact of someone providing them with hope and a sporting opportunity through a tennis ball.
4: That's just absolutely amazing stuff. Um, In terms of the actual way your organisation goes about its work, I mean, people who have been involved with junior sport know sometimes how expensive it can be to get your kid involved in terms of the fees and equipment and the rest of it. How is it that you go about identifying who you're going to help and also sort of where you get your resources
1: from? Yeah, good question. We've uh, been working with the DECD over the last 18 months and they've given us a list of 115 schools throughout Victoria and out of that there's 86 special needs schools and we start our distribution of three special needs schools on December the 16th. We raise our own funds. We have no state or federal funding. We just uh, fundraise like everyone else does, sausage sizzles and grilled burgers Ran a day where they donated $5 for every burger sold to the foundation. And... 250 kids in Broadmeadows, 100 kids in Ascot Vale Special Needs Schools, and also 50 kids in Stall in the country. We haven't forgotten about our country, uh, country kids are going to receive a new ball like you see in front of you from the best brands Ross Faulkner Football, Steed and Rugby Balls, molten Basketballs. They're not just cheap, they're not second hand. Just because kids are disadvantaged and underprivileged, our organisation believes they shouldn't get second
3: hand goods. They should be getting the same opportunities which are new balls. So uh, you've got amazing amb- ambassadors, Quake Cooper, of course, we were talking earlier about Smithy, who uh, has really uh, changed form. And you've got Michael Long and uh, Lance Franklin, I mean, what role are these guys playing uh, for, for you guys? Oh, they've been
1: outstanding, and you mentioned Quade Cooper. Uh, everyone makes mistakes, and you look at his last six months, he's become the vice-captain of the Wallabies. His coach uh, was his coach at the uh, Queensland Reds. We've got another young fella from the Queensland Reds in Albertine, who's got involved with the organisation. You mentioned Michael Long, the greatest Indigenous uh, footballer to play the game so far, or one of them, and they just promote what we're doing. They support what we're doing. They help us with corporate support. We've had had, uh, TNT distribute across Australia free of charge and we've been able to put two and a half thousand footballs across the top end in remote Indigenous areas and replace the plastic Coke bottles they're kicking now with footballs and we run it, $10, a $10 donation gets us a ball, that's it and that gets it to the kids that need it We're linked with organisations that are um, funding programs throughout Africa, working with the 65,000 orphan kids suffering from AIDS, the Hands at Work charity organisation. We support them. We talked about the work in India. We've also got lines starting off in Fiji, as well as the Indigenous areas. Now Australia, we we should say Michael has come armed into the Joy
4: Studio with with piles of balls, and they've actually got your branding on them as well. So they and they're they're all brand new. I mean, it's the real deal, isn't it? I mean, giving that to a kid actually is saying, you know, we value you. You're not just getting some handout here. This is actually the real deal, and this is what it's about.
1: That's right. They see it on TV. Again, we'll, we'll use Quade Cooper as an example. He uses the Steedon and the Gilbert rugby balls when he's playing. They're the balls we give to the kids and we're giving to the kids and have done so for the last 18 months. We're all volunteers. You see Lance Franklin. You've mentioned Michael Long, Will Thomason, Matty Guy. The biggest names in all sports are getting behind us, free of charge. No one gets paid. I've got a full-time job as a teacher. I run three kids. I coach two basketball teams. I also coordinate the Aberfeldy Ozkick, And like all those people you see involved in our organisation. And they've got busy lives too. But they know these kids, they need these opportunities, special needs kids. We've put balls into the Maramonong and the Broad Meadows detention centres, the Moulden Women's Prison. You know, kids are living behind barbed bar, wire, as you know, and they've got nothing to do. All you've got to do is give them a ball. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. It's just footies for all. What other initiatives have, has this great charity got coming up? Yes, we've got those three um, distribution days, as you said, um, with the three special needs schools in Stall, Broad Broadmeadows and also in Ascot Vale. And next March, we've been lucky enough to source two sponsors, one Ross Faulkner. We're putting 1,000 footballs in Alco Island, which is 250 kilometres east of Darwin in the middle of the Gulf of Carpentaria. We're flying in. Every kid on that island will get a new, brand new Ross Faulkner footage for all football. And we're currently talking to another sponsor to put 1,400 footballs into the Tiwi Islands for all those Indigenous kids up there as we said they're kicking coke bottles around it's not difficult if we can get off our backsides and create this foundation and get balls to kids as a volunteer organization it's not hard to do so
4: if people want to find out more about your organization or they want to actually lend their support because they sort of want to get behind what you're trying to achieve what do you think they should do
1: yeah, just go to our website www.footageforall.com.au facebook i mean that's the support we've had in facebook we get three to five thousand hits a week up to five hundred individual hits on an individual post instagram two thousand supporters great support around the world we're big in Kazakhstan and uh, and also israel and uh, you know that opportunity through social media just to show people what we're doing and we'd love to have more support we run on volunteers anyone that wants to get involved just send us an email i'll follow up
3: where i can and and um, look forward to having you on board. There's nothing better than bringing sport and uh, charity together. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, of course, if you want to find out more about Footies for All, just look on the web and give it a Google and, and get involved. Uh, the, you guys are achieving amazing things, of course. Uh, and uh, and that's uh, all tonight. So uh, we'll be back very shortly. You're in the locker room on Joy 94.9.
0: Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in
1: Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.
3: Smithy, we've left it right to the end to talk Tom Daly, but I think, you know, we don't want to get into it too much. Basically, congrats to him, and maybe we should just have a bit of a listen to um, some highlights. Yeah, let's hear of, the man speak in his own words. Yeah, put it on.
0: GLBTI sporting news that matters to you. That matters to you. The Locker Room. Hi guys, um, so most of you are probably wondering why I'm doing this video and well, one thing that I consider to be pretty important is to have some form of private life. One thing I've never really felt that comfortable talking about are my relationships. I've never really had a serious relationship to talk about. Well, come spring this year, my life changed massively when I met someone and they make me feel so happy, so safe. and. Everything just feels great. And, well, that's someone is a guy. It did take me by surprise a little bit. It was always in the back of my head that something like that could happen. But it wasn't until spring this year that something just clicked, felt right. And I was like, okay. And like I said, my whole world just changed right there and then. Of course, I still fancy girls, but right now I'm dating a guy and I couldn't be happier, it just feels safe and it just it just really does feel right. My mum's been so supportive as well. I mean, I can count the number of people I've told on my, on my hand, but all my friends and family that I've told have been so supportive, which has been great, but I've told the rest of my family today and let's just say they have mixed opinions. I'm glad that I've got it off my chest and I hope you can join me on my journey to Rio 2016 too.
3: Smithy, uh, great words there from Tom Dully. I think the word or the one word that really hit home for me was the word safe. You know, he said that uh, he found someone to make him feel safe. And I think um, that sort of summed it up for me, really. I think yeah. when you find someone in your life that does that, um, then, you know, it's the real deal.
4: Yeah. And, and really just such remarkable courage from a, from really a very young man and, and, and someone with a lot a lot to risk. I mean, most people, when they go through their coming out experience, talk about, Sort of the the risk of coming out, and you know, you, you don't know how people are going to react, so it's easier to stay in the closet. And he did it on his own terms. He controlled the message himself, and he said that. He said he didn't want to be manipulated by some interviewee, he wanted to go in and do it and tell it in his own words. And you know, all power to the young man.
3: Fantastic, uh, YouTube. I suppose, uh, look, I suppose the one thing that I would think, um, is that, you know, when you think about the sponsorship. Element to things because that's one thing they keep themselves alive with the sponsorship, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see whether his sponsors hang in there with him.
4: But let's hope not. Let's hope that everyone gets behind this young man. It's amazing stuff. Um, That's about all for us tonight, I think, Roy. It's time to hit the showers. So that's another, that's been the locker room for another week. Uh, This has been Smitty and Rolly. See ya.